The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see Jesus because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus hurried down and was happy to welcome Jesus. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded any one of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said of him, Today salvation has come to this house, because Zacchaeus too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. The Gospel of the Lord. This Gospel here this evening tells of a moment when Jesus was passing through the city of Jericho. Now, for the Jewish people, this is a significant city because it was the last obstacle between um, the, them and entering the promised land. We remember the, uh, uh, the, the Jewish people as after they left Egypt, the place of slavery, through the great miracle of the parting of the Red Sea. They wandered the wilderness for 40 years, waiting for the time when God would lead them into the promised land. And when that time came, they found that the final obstacle between and that promised land that they'd longed for for 40 long years, for an entire generation, uh, that the last obstacle was the city of Jericho. And it was a big obstacle. It was a walled city, which I read the, the base of the walls were, were six feet thick, and it, the wall stood about 13 feet high. And coming against that with just sharpened sticks and bits of metal, um, the Jewish people on their own would have little hope of conquering that great city. Once again, through a great miracle, God delivered to them that city, and they were able to finally enter that promised land. They could finally enter the home they longed for. This conquering of that city was true good news. For a few weeks now, we've reflected on news. And though we all deeply long for good news, for whatever reason, it's often bad news that catches our attention, brings us down, and fills us with fear. So we could all use some good news, especially God's good news. Our faith centers on the life of Jesus as told to us through four books of the Bible that we call Gospels, a word that for the Greeks meant good news. We recognize that while the news we usually pay attention to presents more of the same stories that can sometimes make the world look bleak, the Gospels reveal to us true news 
capital N news. The good news is truly unique, it's true news, because it's not more of the same, but about God uniquely present and working among his people. Weather forecasts and the reports of journalists can't always be trusted, but we observed through the parable of the unjust judge how God's good news is completely trustworthy. We're sometimes tempted to give up praying to listening for him when God seems unjustly delayed in answering prayers, but his justice, mercy, and love have been demonstrated not just in word, but in the ultimate act of justice the death and resurrection of Jesus. So there's every reason to believe God will keep his promises, promises that he and his news is trustworthy. Just as the full story of our lives remains incomplete without context, without a view of the larger picture of our history and how it intersects with the stories of others, the good news needs context too. It too needs a view of how it connects with history and how our own lives, how it connects with history and with our own lives in order to be fully appreciated. Because when God's good news is seen simply as something that happened long ago on another continent, separated from history and the life of every person today, it sometimes appears as bad news. Just as life can seem like bad news when we're stuck dwelling in one unfortunate moment. But God's news is truly good. So it's always sad for us when anyone perceives our Christian faith as more bad news. It's easy to get caught up on the nose of God's message and miss out on his great yeses. And sometimes Christians can be guilty of giving more attention to the thou shalt not than on what makes God's news so truly good on what it is we're excited to say yes to. Of course, saying yes to God's will means saying no to things incompatible with his love, but the promises of eternal joy, love, and peace is always worth the sacrifice. And though we may have to say no to some things, we still have truly good news because of those eternal promises of our Lord. The good news God's good news, capital G news, is that we don't have to figure out or find God or guess at his will. God's already come to us. And although there are times when he feels or seems very distant, he's actually quite close. Close enough to be food that nourishes us spiritually, and he desires to be even closer than that. There's lots of good news. We hear uh, uh, the, city, the falling of the city of Jericho, which allowed God's chosen people to enter into, enter into the promised land. That's good news. We heard in the gospel of, about uh, the sin of Zacchaeus being defeated. That's good news. Zacchaeus had many things going against him. His being, uh, being short and unable to see over the crowd was an obstacle between him and our Lord. His sin, his cooperation with the Romans and defrauding people to pocket a few extra dollars in his own pocket was an obstacle. His riches, could have, we could perceive those as being an obstacle as well. How easy it could have been for him to be content 
with the riches he had and not to be seeking for something more. And then there is the public nature of his sin. And uh, we can imagine people maybe not being especially eager to allow Zacchaeus to have a view of our Lord. Again, another obstacle in his life. Good news for Zacchaeus and for each of us, though, those obstacles were overcome. And then the greatest news of all, the defeat of death and sin through the death and resurrection of our Lord. From all this good news, we might wonder, we might bring to our Lord anything in our own lives, any obstacles between us and he that could be eliminated or defeated. If God can defeat a city of the walled city of Jericho, the shortcomings of Zacchaeus, and even death itself, he can overcome any obstacle in our own lives. And so we're happy to bring to him and lay before the altar those obstacles, perhaps conflict in our lives, perhaps a lack of understanding, perhaps even bad habits or our own sin. We offer this up and ask that God would transform this, conquer this, and, and allow us to have an experience of him as Zacchaeus did. God of all, we, your people, gather before you in need. We ask that with the help of the Holy Spirit, we would trust in your good news and place before you all obstacles between us and the love of your Son. And through, may these obstacles be overcome so that we would have a clear view of you, change our hearts, and invite you into our homes. These prayers we make in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen.